0: hey everyone how are you welcome to shane's brilliant podcast what's the crack what's the crack man it's <laughs> that's what you that's a, the truly way of saying it what's the crack man story man what a bollocks it's good to be here talking to you and of course it's the big fighting weekend isn't it it's the big jubilee weekend the big weekend we celebrate our Fatting queen the old slag 75 years of the old slag the old bag. God bless her, you know, we fucking love her. We love our fucking queen. Now we sit out in a fucking street party eating fucking Yorkshire pudding and fucking Cumberland sausages, don't we? Uh, <laughs> we love our fucking queen. They love their queen over there. Even the ones that don't, they're like, ah, ah, she's lovely, isn't she? And really, it's mad because what they're doing is they're paying millions in tax every year to have a nan. It's because she's basically a nan and that's all they're doing. It's like the the nan of the country. And they're paying for her to live in a big castle. Ah, look at her, the fighting queen. She's a amazing. She's a great uh, spokesperson for British values. Oh, is she? She's an old woman, uh, you know, who has basically been born into the most racist <laughs> family full of paedophiles in modern world, you know what I mean? She, I mean, her son, Andrew. Now, I'm saying I don't want to get sued by the royal family, but her son, Andrew, he's he's a bit of a wrong un. I don't want to. I'm sorry to bring it up on the old Jubilee weekend for my English listeners, but he's a bit of an owl. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't invite him to your cocktail party, would you, Prince Andrew? Oh, fucking queen, the poor queen with a son, Prince Andrew. And Prince Andrew, he is missing the Jubilee celebrations. The poor man, he got COVID. And he has to miss the celebrations, you know. And what a sad coincidence that he got COVID just on the week of the Jubilee celebrations. Poor Prince Andrew, the alleged pedophile. But uh, let's not... talking about pedophiles one minute into the podcast (laughs) how are you all getting on my friends it is of course june six months into the year we're halfway there whoa live we're living on a prayer who says uh john bon jovi of course um what are the chances of john bon jovi joining a band That has the exact same surname as him. What are the fucking chances of that? Huh? He joined a band. The band were called Bon Jovi. The same second name as him. Be like me joining a band called the Cliffords. No, that's stupid. That's a stupid joke. (laughs) But it is the big weekend. The big June bank holiday weekend. And of course over here we're not celebrating the Jubilee. Do you know what they call it? The Jubilee. Because uh, people turn to their friends and go... Do you believe that old bitch is still the queen? <laughs> Do you believe she's still the fucking queen? i tell you who can't believe she's still the queen. Prince Charles. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake, 96. She's been a queen for 75 fucking years. When will she die so I can be king? You know, and even though he loves his mother like everybody does, he must be fucking praying that she's going to die soon. Because he's like, what? How old is he? He's 75? He's only going to be king for like 10 years. Not even. It's a really weird fucking family. A weird fucked up situation. Where if you're the firstborn son, you're basically waiting for your mother to die. You know? And that's what they're brought up in. And they all look fucking... They're all married their own cousins and stuff. You know? Um, And... Uh, There's nothing wrong with marrying your cousins, I say. Uh, Anyway, uh, it's great to be here with you. Listen, June bank holiday weekend. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's barbecue weekend. Because for some reason, every middle class person in Ireland in the last 10 years has a barbecue. Hey, let's spend 400 euro plus. All right. On a fucking big machine that we keep on our back. That we can only use 2 days of the fucking year in irish weather it's not like you're living in australia it's not like you're living down under mate it's fucking the most horrible wet rainy country in the world and you're buying barbecues what do you every time there's a gale there's fucking barbecues flying across the sky remember that last year it was on the news 16 barbecues flying through the sky because of the tail end of a hurricane. That's too many barbecues. It was far from barbecues you were raised. That's the thing. I didn't have barbecues when I was growing up as a youngster in the mean streets at Gallowsfield today. We didn't have big barbecues. You know what we had to do? We had to go down to fucking uh, super value and buy disposable barbecues which are basically foil with a bit of coal in it. And we weren't cooking things on it like skewers, chicken skewers and turkey burgers. Oh, pasta turkey burgers matter. I don't know why I put on an English accent. That's what they fucking eat over for the Jubilee, turkey burgers. And that's what we're eating here. No, we used to make sausages. That's all we could put on our fucking barbecue. Four sausages was all. We could fit on it and we were happy because we didn't know any better. There's a fella I know down home in Tralee, and his nickname is Four Sausages, because when he goes out on a Sunday for a session, you know, the big Sunday sesh, game is on at uh, 2 p.m., the first match on the Super Sunday for, with Sky Sports, first match is on at 2 p.m., and the last match finishes at 6, but you're not going home then, you're staying out till 8, 9, and then you're going home at 10. Alright, that's the Sunday session. You're spending all your wages on one day of booze. Gat. And what this person does, four sausages, is he eats four four sausages before he goes out. That's all he eats, four, four sausages. Because his idea is, I don't want to eat enough that I don't get drunk until maybe my fifth pint. I want to eat. I have to eat, all right. But I don't want to line my. You know the way people tell you line your stomach. Eat a roast. Eat your pork steak and your uh, mashed potatoes and line. You know your mother would be always like line your stomach now. Drink a pint of milk. He rejects that four sausages. He goes, I want, I I I'll eat four sausages and I'm gonna get pissed on my second pint. I'm not wasting my fucking money getting drunk. Alright? <laughs> I'm spending all my fucking money on booze. I want to be drunk by the second pint, man. It's really uh, sound economic thinking. He's he's not wasting his money. He's pissed by two and a half pints of Tuberg. And that's four sausages. It's a good um it's a good technique, I think. So this Sunday, if you're going to the pub all day and your wife or your mother or your husband or whomever says, Here, look, you better eat this um chicken curry i made before you go out no give me four fucking galty sausages <laughs> you'd be fucking vomiting by 5 o'clock but anyway the four sausages what a legend loves the gat uh but so that's what you're all doing this weekend i suppose if the weather permits as they say spending all your fucking time cooking barbecues for the family like you're down in australia or something Put a shrimp on the barbie. And I don't know. You're probably going to the beach as well. You know, I'm anti-beach. Hate the beach. It's one of my things I'm most passionate about hating in my life. I hate a lot of things. But what I really hate is the fucking beach ever since I was a child. Because it's always, oh, the beach is the most amazing thing in the world. You have to go to the beach. Oh, it's so great. There's some beautiful... The wind is beautiful. The walls is beautiful. The fucking sand. All right? And then you're dragged there. And it's not like the beach in Summer Bay on Home and Away. I lived in west of Ireland. Kerry, going to Banna Beach where Roger Casement was arrested by the Brits for sn- sn- snuggling arms. And he wasn't snuggling arms. <laughs> He wasn't snuggling into a fella's arms and he got arrested. Although, wasn't he uh, a gay man? Or was that? I'm not sure. Anyway, he wasn't snuggling arms. (laughs) That wasn't why he was. He was smuggling arms into Ireland for the 1916 rise and got arrested. Anyway, so that's the beach that we used to always go to. The closest beach to Tralee. And it's not like fucking Santa Monica. I don't even know if there's a beach there but it sounds like someplace with a beach, or Malibu. It's fucking freezing. The the water's cold and choppy. There's big giant waves. (laughs) People have jumpers on. You know what I mean? People have... (laughs) People have their fucking jumpers on and duffel coats. Oh, the beach is great. Build a sandcastle. That's what they say. Build a sandcastle. There, Shane. And it's not like the sandcastles either that you see on the telly, where it's, uh, you know, fucking walls and turrets and shit. Sandcastle is basically just a fucking bucket of sand turned upside down. It's not fucking fun at all. It's a bucket of sand, full of sand, and then you turn it down and lift off the bucket, and there is your sandcastle. That's all, the, the only sandcastle I ever did. And the first time you do that, it's like, all right, that's kind of fun. Second time, a bit less fun. Third time, you couldn't give a shit. You've got three fucking little castles. It's stupid. I hate the beach. And sometimes you hear of people that actually try and have sex on the beach. And I'm not talking about the stupid drink that's called sex on the beach because you're supposed to go up to the bar. Hi, can I have sex on the beach? <laughs> Hi, can I have a slippery nipple? <laughs> Hi, can I have a blowjob? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I mean that joke must be twenty five years old, like that they call those stuff the slippery nipple, the blowjob. It's not. F- I, I, I presume when those drinks came out in the late nineties, and you went up and said, uh, "Can I have a little sex on the beach there?" <laughs> Everyone kind of laughed, but now twenty five years later, no one's laughing at it. Change the name; it's not funny anymore. You just feel like a prick. Uh, can I can have a blowjob. Yes, the drink. <laughs> uh, anyway. People actually make love on the beach. I've heard people doing it. Now, you know me. I've never had sex outside of an um, abode, outside of a house. Just I've never made love outdoors. Never in my life. And it's not something I ever plan on doing. I want to go my full life without ever making love outside. All right. I'm under the blankets. Lights off. <laughs> Eyes closed. All right. Uh, but some people do it on the beach and I can't imagine anything worse because imagine your fucking child if you, you better wear a condom if you're having sex in the beach because if you uh, have a child if you conceive and nine months later there's a bairn born a ween, a little baby how could you look that little boy in the eye knowing that not only did you, uh, you know ejaculate into the vagina of a lady. Sorry for the- <laughs> Not only that, but also she had fucking sand up there for about nine weeks. I mean, when I get sand in my shoe, it's annoying. So why would you have sex in the beach? You got sand up going in every orifice of your body trying to get it out. I don't see what the appeal is. So I won't be going to the beach. I see uh, it's the Leaving Cert is starting next week. And if any of you, my listeners, are Leaving Cert kids, God bless you and God save you and best of luck. Now, if you haven't studied at all, and it's a week before, I would say, this is my advice. It's a week before the Leaving Cert. you haven't studied a bit in a year, two years, you haven't started, my advice to you would be, don't even try. You're going to fucking fail. (laughs) There's no point trying now. Alright, there's no point cramming. You're fucked. So you might as well just give in. That's what I did. I gave in. And look at me now. I'm sitting here, topless on my bed, with a sock in my microphone, mumbling into a... (laughs) mumbling into a microphone uh, in a tiny, tiny flat in South West Dublin. um, And with very little in way of capital and our prospects. So... You can have it. You can have what I did. (laughs) Sometimes my videos get over a hundred likes. So keep, don't give up if you fail. No, but seriously, best of luck. It's so terrible that the leaving cert, right? If you're, I don't know, maybe people who listen from a different country. The leaving certificate is, is like the final exam. The SATs. Except for some reason, there's... It's more. It sounds more important than the SATs because if you fail it, you're basically sort of fucked academically. Now, I failed pass maths, which is insane because it even says pass in the fucking name of the subject. <laughs> and I still wasn't fail maths. It was pass maths and I still failed it. That's how easy it is. They put pass in it. <laughs> All right and i fucking failed it so when you fail maths, that's like you're you're not going to college basically so that's how i ended up working in a, a supermarket for 10 years but i um i'll, I'll give you one piece of advice a, a real piece of advice one time when i was uh fail i was failing everything my parents divorced right and it was like this was in 2000 and uh, 2000 so it wasn't long after the actual divorce reference so divorces were still fresh new I didn't know a lot of people who had divorces so it was a traumatic experience for me at the time it, every cunt gets divorced now I mean you know I'm getting married next year and we're, we're, we're already preparing for this divorce <laughs> alright it's just part of the part of the old that's just what it is alright but back then there was no divorces so it was very traumatic right and I had a terrible time completely gave up in school and I was in third year, failing every pass or every class exam. You know, I failed science in the junior cert. I was doing terrible, and I started smoking weed. And in one day, right, I smoked a full joint myself before a history exam. Now I had been failing history, all right, fucking failing it. And I smoked a joint by myself of hash, the good old days of hash, and. Did the exam. It was like an essay kind of thing. Fucking got like 89%. I don't even... I couldn't even... I didn't even know what I was writing. So that's my advice. Smoke a big fat joint before your English and maths exam. And listen, you're going to fail it anyway. So you might as well give it a shot. Like I, I failed everything. And I passed it after I smoked a joint. And now I tried it again afterwards with other... Tests and I completely failed miserably. So maybe it was just luck. (laughs) I tried for English exams, maths exams, geography. Failed them all anyway. So it it only had like a it only worked once out of like ten goes. So take that advice with a pinch of salt, but it might work for you, little Frankie. What are you doing? I'm smoking a big joint before my test, mom. Why? Well, no, no. The fella on the podcast, Shane Clifford, he said to do it. He said it'll help me pass. And then you end up doing a false course, like I did. I went to the... Jesus, what's it called? Tourist Nua. Did any of you do that? Tourist Nua, one of the... So that's where, like, uh, they put you on... Um, You're on the dole. The D-O-L-E. And... What they do is they try and stimulate you and get you back on your journey to the workplace, the Turas Nua, your new journey, by putting you into an office once a week with some person, student, (laughs) who just got out of college and is on an internship who doesn't really give a fuck and they're looking through your CV. And after about two weeks, both of you You and the person you're dealing with, your case officer, both of you know that this is a joke. But you still have to go through it every week or they won't give you your dole. You have to go there and talk about your journey and what you've done. And then you have to watch videos about how to do interviews and role play. And um, it's kind of funny, you know, because especially it's different maybe, I don't know, in Dublin. But when you're down in like Kerry, where there's about four jobs... (laughs) For everyone, right? Especially during, like, back in those days, during the fucking recession. uh, Having to do all that shit is, like, so pointless. So you can't take it seriously. And there will be fellas in there, to be like 70. Well, maybe not 70. Calm down, Shane, with the exaggerations. Maybe, like, 50 who've been working as a carpenter all their life. (laughs) And the recession's on. There's no jobs anywhere. And they have to role-play interviews with fucking... The students, it's not how their life, uh, pan, they visioned their life to pan out. But anyway, I'll tell you this, I, I had a big, uh, point, a big, uh, win, as they say this week, uh, with social anxiety. Now, you know, I've got bad social anxiety whenever I'm in a room with new people. I get more anxious than a cat in a potato sack and, uh, I I hate it. And my biggest social anxiety trigger is when I go to the hairdresser, the barber, to get my hair cut. I hate it with a passion. I don't know why. It's the worst fucking thing. Like, I would prefer to get kicked in the balls by an Amazonian woman than have to go for a haircut. And it's not because I'm a dirty, hairy, slobby, smelly bastard, right? I am that, but that's not the reason. the reason is is because i hate I just hate talking to hairdressers. <laughs> I hate talking and I hate sitting in that chair and not fidgeting i fucking hate it. I sit down in the chair and i get i actually get physical spasms when I'm sitting there, random spasms, like I've got Tourettes, and it's horrible. I hate it, right. But anyway, I go to this place and I sit down the chair and I just say the same thing. I have to practice when I go to a hairdresser's. Two back and size, two back and size, small bit off the top. Two back and size, small bit off the top. Two back and size, small bit off the top. That's all I say. And I look around and I see the other fellas. And they're going, yeah, can I have a high fade with a little snip here at the side? And then can I get it shaped here? Like, I'm like, how do they get... The balls, I'm jealous of them. Joe, you know what they remind me of? This is more aimed towards the fellas. But have you ever gone to a public uh, cubicle, a public bathroom, and you've gone for you're you're going for an old poop, and you sit down on the chair? It's not a chair; it's a fucking toilet chain. Jesus Christ, man! You sit down on the toilet, and I'll tell you what I do. This is my whole pooping, uh, my whole shitting technique when I'm in public I roll up about 17 uh, toilet paper ply things right I grab a bunch of toilet paper and I put it in the toilet so that when I shit there's no big boop so nobody can hear it it's just a soft (laughs) it falls onto the toilet paper I, I don't want anyone hearing me shit I'll tell you this I find it hard to shit in the cubicle if I know there's somebody else in the room like out in the urinal or washing their hands. I kind of have to wait for them to leave. All right. So I'm there like that with my legs closed together, uh, biting my nails, waiting for people to leave. All right. And then some, this often happens, some fucking big swinging dick comes in, sits in the cubicle next door, sits down, and he just <laughs> farting, fucking plopping big giant shits. Even though he knows there's people around, he doesn't give a fuck. And I'm always like, how the fuck do you do that? I'm always so jealous of him. I'm like, that's a man. Here I am sitting on the toilet with my legs crossed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, like, I've heard fellas taking big shits. Like, I'd love to be that free. And they're on the phone to their friends or their mother or something. Hi, mom. Yeah, I'll be home for dinner. And uh, And I'll, I'll buy a bag of chips on the way home. Yeah, no problem. I'm like, how the fuck can you even do that? That's amazing to me. You know, I have to wait for cunts to walk out. So that's when I'm like with the hairdressers, when I see other fellas and doing the show the mirror at the end of the haircut. And they show it to some fellas and they're like, "Uh, actually, can I get a bit more there off the back? Uh, Can you raise my cyber or whatever? I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. That's, that's brave. <laughs> I would be... They show me that mirror of the back of my head. It doesn't matter what's going on back there. It could be the best haircut of all time. My hair could be... My head could be on f- on fire. I'd still go, yeah, yeah, it's man. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Thanks. He could have shaved a fucking Union Jack in the back of my head. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> he could show in the mirror... And I look in it and it's, uh, when I look in the mirror, I see him having sex with my wife. And I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the, the barbers, but anyway, my eyebrows were getting big. They were getting, they were casting a shadow over my cheeks. That's how I know when, uh, <laughs> when it's time to get them trimmed. When there's big shadows, like when fellas are using them to tell the time. Like a sundial. That's when I know it's time to get my hair, my hair, or my eyebrows trimmed, right? But I've never asked for it before because I'd be too scared to talk to the the hairdresser. Now I know you're going. What's this cunt fucking talking about? Too scared to talk to a hairdresser? Jesus Christ Almighty! Is he mentally ill? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's a mental illness. It's not normal. I know that. I'm not saying, oh poor me. I'm saying this is exact this is what it's like usually like first of all i know it's insane right it's completely irrational and uh, you know you don't have to explain that to me i know it's mental but usually what happens is that i let my eyebrows get so big and thick and juicy and like you know children can grab onto them and i can swing them around all right that's how big i let them get I did a gig in Limerick recently and I was talking to a fella afterwards. Handsome man, reminded me a little bit of George Clooney, right? Back in the younger days. He came up to me, liked to show, blah, 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 talking. And then we gave each other a look in the eye. I said, you got big eyebrows, man, just like me. He goes, I know, that's why I came up, to- that's why I felt comfortable coming up talking to you. And this is God's honest truth. And I said, Jesus, you know, you're very handsome, no, I wasn't trying to chat him up. We were just talking. And I, it, and I said, but I bet you all everyone says is the eyebrows. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I could do anything, but I'm always described as the that fella with the eyebrows. And I'm like, me too? I know what you're talking about. I know what you mean. You know how you hear fellas coming back from World War II and they could be a French fella and a fucking fella from Idaho, right? And <laughs> they have nothing in common but when they find out that they're both fought in the war they're best friends for life even if they only ever meet once that's me and fellas with big bushy eyebrows nobody knows what we went through we and this is not the days before it was cool to have big eyebrows back when big eyebrows were to be mocked at I a girl one time that I really fancied when I was about 15 when I was just starting to kind of hang around with girls you know she it was like a gang of us boys and a gang of girls, and like she came up to me and pointed at me and went, "You are a hairy all right not I'm hairy, not an adjective, a noun <laughs> you are a hairy I was caught i've never I've never heard anyone being described as a hairy oh he's a hairy." I've heard that's how hairy I was. Cause when I was a young fella, when I was eleven, I got a small bit of a fucking bum fluff on my upper lip, and I thought I was Tom Selleck. Started shaving it from eleven with little big razors and my father's fucking shaving cream. By the time I was fifteen, completely bald in my cheeks and chin, big giant bushy mustache. I mean, not very attractive for fifteen year old girls <laughs> my age. You know, not attractive at all. And especially when you've got two big mustaches just up above your eyes. So me and other fellas with big eyebrows, we don't even have to talk to each other. We just look at each other in the eye and give each other a wink. We know what we've been through. Girls nowadays, there's all HD brows, cinemascope brows, big fucking IMAX brows. You know, we pa- I paved the way for you. Anyway. So usually I, I am so afraid of talking to the barber. I let the eyebrows, um, grow some. Usually the barber points it out to me. He goes, He whispers in my ear." Will I do the eyebrows? And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, please." <laughs> right, uh, but this time I said, oh, fuck! I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him for it. I'm gonna say it myself." So I said to him, "I goes." Panicking, basically having a panic, uh, um, will you be able to trim my eyebrows? And he goes, yeah, no problem. And he did it. Now, that doesn't sound like an amazing achievement. But to me, that is. And anyone that has social anxiety or crazy fucking stupid anxiety will know that a small thing like that can be huge. Like, I know someone who was afraid to leave their house in case they had to shit. And I mean chronic afraid to leave their house in case they had to shit in public. They were so afraid of it. And the thing you do then is you you go and actually do what you're afraid of. So she went for a a shit in the public and she got over her fear. Anyway, uh, did you see what happened in Dublin City Airport? Jesus Christ, if you think you're having a bad fucking week, look what's going on there. There's queues going down from the airport. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's going down to fucking century. It's crazy, man. And I feel sorry for everybody that missed their flight. But you know who I feel sorry for, too? The fella that runs Dublin Airport because you're probably going, Shane, shut up, man. He's a cuntie. He shouldn't be in the job. He's inept and all this. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I still feel sorry for him because I know what he's been through. All right. I worked in a fruit and veg department, I was a manager. I know what it's like to have that pressure when things going bad. When you're, I was inept. <laughs> I hated it. People will be coming up to you, Shane. We've, the bananas are out of date. Shane, you ordered in too many cantaloupe melons. Shane, the butternut squash is rotten. Ah, Shane, a woman wants to bring back a fish. She says if you don't take it back, she'll go to Joe Duffy. Constant fucking problems. And I used to just not deal with them. And then it would be a disaster. 16,000 euro worth of waste in ice cream. All right. So I know what it's like to have that big of a fuck up. So my advice, what I used to do in that situation, when I knew that I fucked up badly and I cost the company a lot of money. All right. Like this poor Dublin airport manager did. All right. Dublin airport, if you don't know, it's chaos there. There's no security staff on. The queues are like actually literally out the door. Into the car park. People, thousand people missed their flight last weekend. um, And so the, the manager is getting... And then the week before that, did you see the fight video that was going around? In the arrivals lounge. Four fellas kicking the shit out of each other. And went going around on WhatsApp. And no security, no guards, no nothing. Chaos out there. And this is what I did in those situations. When, let's say... I ordered in too many strawberries and they were all have to be thrown into the bin. My technique for dealing with it was to hide in the bathroom (laughs) and have a panic attack. That's what I used to do. All right. Hide in the bathroom and have a panic attack. So if you're listening, Dublin airport manager, that would be my advice to you. All right. Fuck everything. Turn off your phone. Hide in in the panic attack room. The bathroom, right? Just go in there and hide. That's what I used to do. And then you'd hear. You. Nah, I'm not going fucking out there. <laughs> Is it any wonder I had a, a retail breakdown? Is it? It's mad. Uh, I talked about retail breakdowns on stage, and people who are in retail know exactly what I mean. I've never been in a job or heard of a job that has so many breakdowns. You know, people that just, can't take, I can't take this shit anymore. I can't be spending my life fucking cleaning up, you know, spillages in aisle seven. I'm done. Ah, I need to go to the hospital for a few weeks. And I think I know what the reason is. When you're a manager, right? In the supermarket, you're working 60 hours a week, 70 fucking hours a week. All right. And it's constant pressure. You have to do this. You didn't do this. You have to order in this. There's people out sick. There's people fucking, you know, taking a shit in the ice cream machine. All this crazy stuff is going on. All right. And you're getting paid. All right. It's not that great, but it's OK. And it's like a doctor. And you know the way doctors, they're working 60, 70 hours a week. Same pressure. But they're saving lives. So at the end of it, it's all worth it. When you're a manager in a supermarket, you're working the same pressure, but what are you doing at the end of it? Fucking selling bananas. <laughs> selling sausages. And so it's like an existential thing. It's like all this work for fucking selling galti sausages. And I think that's what leads to it. It's like an existential crisis. All this pressure for absolutely nothing. In a way, it's a microcosm of life, all this pressure. And at the end, it's meaningless. Um, but anyway, big shout out to Dublin City Airport. And sorry to any of you if you missed a flight. Um, I see the old Johnny Depp trial was uh, finished and Johnny Depp won. And it's an insane. First of all, it shouldn't have ever been on the telly. A domestic abuse case on the TV. What the fuck is going on? And it just turned it into entertainment. I mean, I watched it. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm holier than thou. I watched it all, working from home, and I was thrilled and all this shit. But when you think about it, it should never have been on t- television. Even if she is a liar, and she fucking whatever, it shouldn't be on TV. And Johnny Depp is just as insane as her. If they're both insane. And I knew he was going to win. Because I'll tell you how I knew he was going to win. He was on the fucking stand. And the judge, not the judge, the liar, the solicitor. <laughs> that's what they call him down home in Tralee, solicitors. That's what they are in Ireland. They're called solicitors. And in Ireland, or in America, they're law, attorney at law. Attorney at law, Pat man and Tralee. Um, uh, But he asked Johnny Depp, he goes, here, Mr. Depp, he goes, you're an alcoholic. No, I'm not. So they're trying to prove that Johnny Depp is an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. I like a drink. And uh, he goes, on the morning of the 16th of June, 2015, the day you allegedly, uh, uh, you know, hit your ex-wife, you drank a pint of whiskey at 8 a.m., Isn't that correct, Mr. Depp? And Johnny Depp goes, Well, I thought any hour can be happy hour. And the whole fucking court erupts in laughter. The jury is laughing. The fucking judge is laughing. His solicitors are laughing. Her attorneys are laughing. And just then you knew he was going to win. Because imagine if that was me. Imagine I was up in trial and they were like trying to prove I was an alcoholic and I was denying it. And they said, Shane, you drink a, you drink a fucking pint of whiskey at eight o'clock in the morning, man. Come on. Yeah, well, I thought any hour could be considered happy hour. They'd be going, what the fuck are you saying? My, my, my solicitor would be banging his head off the table. Jesus Christ, Shane. You ruined it. But when Johnny Depp did it, everybody loved him. It was like one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Well, maybe not. I did see a woman shit into a pint glass in Horns nightclub in Trudy one time but the second most insane thing I've ever seen and I don't, so you knew he was going to win like he was going to win it um but it's over now thank fucking god It went down for 6 weeks um and speaking of alcoholics and drugs <laughs> I went out last Saturday night is this the way it is now? You tell me. I'm not a big party animal anymore, right? I'm an old man. I'm in my forties. My my life is half over. Let's call a spade a spade. I'm I'm on the way out. I'm, I'm I've got one foot in the grave, right? You know your man in one foot in the grave, Victor Meldrew. I don't believe it. That prick. He was only like forty nine when they started that. <laughs> you know he was a, he was only a, like a decade older than me when he was in one foot in the grave. It's mental. But I'm not a party. I was out last night at a leaving do. And I went into the toilet of the pub we were in. I won't mention the name of it. Walked into the toilet and I could not believe what I've seen. It was like Caligula's last, the last days of Rome. It was like, I looked and I saw fellas pouring cocaine in their nose. Now, when I was young and I used to be out and around the cocaine scene back then we used to do the nice thing go into the toilet into the cubicle and sniff it off sniff it off the back of a dirty cistern right that was what we did out of politeness for everybody else but now they're just pouring it back down their nostrils like they don't give a fuck and they're not even snorting it off anything I saw a fella he's laid in one of his hands a bag of white powder in the other tip his head back and just pour it into his nose is that the way it is now? If things changed so much? Huh? Is that what the youth of today are doing? They're not even being polite and going into the fucking cubicle. It used to be you'd see seven fellas in a cubicle and you'd go, Jesus, they're either in there doing terrible cocaine or they're having the most awkward orgy of all time in a fucking cubicle in Tralee. <laughs> Although if you think about it, every, every orgy... ...is awkward. I mean, it must be. Like, we all grew up thinking of orgies, and when you are you think about it in your head, it's like plush carpets, and, you know, curtains with... Uh, jazz music coming in through the windows, <laughs> and a record player or something, and, you know, big-breasted women and big lad men uh, behind with that beautiful robes, you know what I mean? And lotions and f- all this stuff. But... In reality, now I've never been to an orgy, but I know in reality it's probably not like that at all. It's not in some fucking lounge in some millionaire's mansion. Most orgies probably occur in freezing cold flats up above old extravision shops with (laughs) grey carpets, beige walls, and like the people in there, there's probably four men, five men and two women, and... You know, it's not like they're sexy strangers. They're like, you know, Derek Sullivan, the butcher, <laughs> from down the street, and you know, Paddy, uh, Paddy Callahan from, you know, that put, installed your shower. You know what I mean? It's all people you know, and then Paddy Callahan who put in your shower. He's not sexy. <laughs> he's got a big beer belly, and so do you. And there's a fella playing the fucking harp in the corner. He's got a mask on, but you can clearly see it's the, you know, it's the the mechanic. And it was probably just grim and awkward. I couldn't do that at all. I couldn't be an orgy fella. I couldn't live with myself. I can't. (laughs) Uh, I was going to tell you something uh, disgusting I did once when I was alone to my own body in a sexual manner when I was younger but I won't <laughs> anyway let's move on point is fucking people are just openly doing is, it, is coke like a huge thing now because I grew up down in Kerry in the mean streets of there was cocaine around but it wasn't I don't think it was ever like it's up in Dublin where it's just everywhere you'd get a bag of coke down in tree, and it was an event when I was young Oh my God, he's got Coke. Can I have some? No. All right. That was all I ever, it was my experience with Coke. And now was just like everybody, it was like 12 fellas just fucking snorting it off each other's hands. And you know, I mean, I'm not a prude. I'm, no, I'm not looking down on them. I'm just saying, it reminded me of the crazy hazy days uh, just after the recession hit when the head shops were opened. By God, those were great days. Remember them days? (laughs) Fucking legal drugs. And the thing about it was that the legal drugs that were around in those head shop days, they were synthetic. So synthetic weed, synthetic marijuana, synthetic fucking coke, synthetic whatever. And some loophole made them legal. But the legal drugs were like 10 times stronger than the illegal ones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you were better off getting dodgy coke you know what I mean from some fella up an alley rather than buying it in the shop because you probably wouldn't go insane I did legal coke the bath salts shit it's not even coke M MCAT meow meow the worst name for a drug ever imagine having to go into a drug dealer in a nightclub Hi, uh, have you got any meow meow <laughs> it's just embarrassing it's degrading yourself I did a bit of that during the head shop days on Christmas Eve, and I swear to God, man, I was awake until the next year. I was awake until New Year's. My mother was like, Shane, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you eating your Christmas dinner? Leave me alone, Mom. <laughs> Leave me alone. Shane, you have lost a stone weight in a week. Leave me alone. I'm, I'm meow, meow. It's legal. Crazy fucking days. And that nightclub bathroom last night reminded me of it where people were just openly doing like legal drugs. Like, I remember being in a pub in Tralee and everybody was chewing their fucking eyelids. Everybody. It wasn't just like the fellas that you grew up with that your mother told you not to hang around with. The bald boys in school. It wasn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't just them. It was like your sister's friend was fucking absolutely off her tits. Mad days. I wonder will they ever do like a study of it? And it hit just at the recession. Just when everybody had nothing else to do because they had no jobs, and they were all wanted to tour us new, and they all had fucking you know what else are you going to spend your money on mad um and you, it's mad when you think about nostalgia because it was fun for about two weeks those head shops, but then it got grim fast, you know what I mean, it did it would just cast a grey pile over the whole town people were just bollocksed and there was fellas in there like reports of fellas chewing their hands and shit <laughs> chewing their fingers off and uh, but I look back in those days with fondness even though it was obviously horrible I suppose it's just because you're young but um, anyway look all I'm saying is if you're going taking cocaine be Responsible Going to the fucking cubicle I don't want to have to see it When I'm trying to piss I can't piss In front of people When they're not doing cocaine You know what I mean That's a tense enough Situation for me In a in a urinal As it is. Yeah, is I'm prone to this I'm prone to the Stage fright <laughs> And when I hear fellas See fucking fellas Doing coke on each side of me Do you think I'd be able to piss I can't squeeze a drop out You know what I mean and then I came home and I saw a picture of myself doing a gig where I, you could see the top of my head and my sweet Christ almighty. It was like, fucking, I couldn't believe it. I'm going as bald as a bollocks. I'm going balder than Kojak. It was like looking at a fucking Bruce Willis's head. Honestly, it's embarrassing. I don't know what I'm going to do. I was having a panic attack. I, I went to see uh, the film Psycho. In the cinema on Saturday at half twelve. And I love Psycho. Love that movie. And the whole time I was sitting there. Because I'd seen a picture of me going bald. I was looking at Anthony Perkins. Going Jesus Christ look at the head of hair on him. Look at his fucking hair. That's a beautiful head. That's all I was thinking about. I was walking around the town in a daze looking at fellas hair. I don't want to care about going bald. But I do. It's mad. When it happens. When it's happening to you. You're like I don't give a f- when it's not happening to you, you're like, I don't give a fuck, man. It's just part of life, do you know what I mean? I'm wise. But then when you actually start going bald, you're like, Jesus Christ, I'll do anything. I'll cut off my fucking toes. Just don't let me go bald. <laughs> I'll do anything, man. I'm looking up fucking cures. I'm looking up those pills, propicia. All right. Apparently, they're the only thing that works. But they cost about 400 euro a month. Plus, there's a side effect that you might grow fucking tits. That's one of the, because it's it's something to do with the testosterone or something that it, your estrogen levels rise or something. So you might grow tits and apparently it's supposed to be painful tits. So that's my choice. Go bald and depressed or have a full head of hair, but big sore tits. And I'm actually, I was actually thinking about doing it. (laughs) I'm going bald, man. I swear to God. Anyway, listen, I'm I'm going to go now because I'm I don't want to talk I talked about this already on my Patreon cast. Uh this was a very rambly podcast, very rambly, but it's late. I'm just trying to bang it out and get it out there for you because I I know people are going insane that this is late. Um but it is a rambly one. But fuck it. Listen. This is it. And I'll talk to you next week. Um cheers, nice one, thanks. And Hobnob.